Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Okay. You. Is you ready? Is you ready? Well, by what metric are we measuring ready? The metric by which you are rising! That was a little forced. A little forced. You could have waited on it. Crash. You don't have to throw the fastball every single time. A good changeup will strike him out too. This is Dad. And this is Iggy. And this is Red Tabletop. No, this is the And Doc, <laughs> what do we do? We break down some of the trending topics with our pop perspective. To put the culture in context. And make some of the mainstream make sense. You know what it is. What Cheers. it ain't. I can tell you what it ain't. It ain't Red Tabletop. <laughs> nope. I'm so tired. Don't got time for your shit, Jada. <laughs> Of that woman dragging Will Dame through the fucking dirt. <laughs> it's not even funny at this point, right? Like, dragging, it's just thing, dragging people through the dirt right now isn't too funny at all. Yikes. Talking about throwing that. a fastball. Talking about throwing a fastball. Somebody was trying to keep his eye on the prize that day. Um, you know who else got uh, hit with a fastball pretty goddamn hard? Stephen A. Smith. Oh, you talking about this whole Aaron Rodgers controversy. Both him and Aaron Rodgers taking L's left and right this week. So, I might just drop what Jay Williams said right here, but I showed you the video. Two Kyries. It doesn't. They are drastically different. Aaron Rodgers is exponentially worse. There was not only a lie, there was an intent to lie. And it, it, just a couple things for you, Stephen A, because we obviously have this gripe, I have this gripe with you. Because I wrote, I, this is both of us. Yeah, 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 this one. I wrote down some things that you said here. Sure. So, three and a half weeks ago, you said, it amounts to betrayal for Kyrie. You said, quote, flat out stupid as relates to what he's doing. Quote, bad teammate, quote, selfish, October 16th on CNN. To the hell with you. You say all these things about Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving was very upfront and honest about what his situation was. Mm -hmm. He wasn't jeopardizing anybody else. He didn't put anybody else on the Brooklyn Nets and their team at risk. When he was allowed to be around the team, he had his mask on. He abided by all the rules. But he was subject to mass criticism by you animated criticism by you mm -hmm. and then i'm in the green room and i watch you and i see your points that you had against aaron Rodgers, and i appreciate the stance by calling him a liar i just didn't feel the same venom i didn't feel the same energy that was associated with kyrie irving and a part of me wonders why how come you don't hold aaron Rodgers to the same who lied who lied on national look reporters in the eye and said yeah yeah i'm immunized okay why do i not i don't understand that Look, I mean, okay, so let's get into, I mean, everybody knows by now, and if you don't know, well, now you're about to know. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, apparently lied and said that he was vaccinated. Well, he didn't say he, he said was, immunized. Yes, he, uh, <laughs> he very cleverly chose his words to make it sound like 
that he was meeting uh, the mandate that the NFL had put forward. Well, yeah. I guess it's not for players, right? Like, as we found out earlier, it is really only for, like, coaching staff and, like, support staff and yeah. stuff like that. Um, the players are not mandated to get vaccinated from what it sounded like. Um, Who fucking knows? The NFL is a giant shit show the whole time. But also... The whole time, NFL, giant shit show. Also has, like, the highest vaccination rate amongst all the professional sports leagues at the moment. Right? 90%, right? And Aaron Rodgers just happened to fall at 10% that wasn't. And it's, yeah, it's big news. Kind of shitty. I feel the same way that I felt about Kyrie, right? Like, you got all this fucking money, right? Like, you got all... you All kinds of like professional doctors at your like disposal right like yeah. you are seeing all kinds of medical su- support staff day in day out right yeah like people have you know already commented on how like these same dudes are probably taking like all the like brain pills and shit that joe rogan and fucking alex jones is prescribing fucking dry dosing all of their pre-workout powder that has god knows what in it right but, you know, they are uh, very apprehensive about this vaccine, right? <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me how uh, you'll do, like, you know, cryotherapy like, and shit like You went, that. like, a little, like, Southern Baptist there for a second. <laughs> very uh, apprehensive. It was like Southern Baptist meets Randy Savage. Yeah, because... <laughs> the, the cream rises to the top I feel like the absurdity is equal, right? It's on par, right? Because these dudes, like I said, they're taking place in all of these, like, uh, experimental treatments and therapies and stuff like that. What's more absurd? A Randy Savage promo? We're taking medical advice from Joe Rogan. Definitely taking medical advice from Joe Rogan. What the fuck? The cream! What the fuck? Is that even a real question? Ooh, yeah. I mean, Step into a slim jam. Joe Rogan has admitted himself that he has been wrong on several of the things that he's... Several of the hills that he's died on, right? Like, he's constantly, like, stepping over himself. I mean, Joe Rogan literally just retweeted an Australian, uh, what he thought was a government propaganda ad to get the vaccine, and it turned out it was a comedy sketch written specifically mocking Joe Rogan and people who take his medical advice seriously, right? And Joe <laughs> Rogan had to, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard, right? But Zig apparently hasn't seen how Joe Rogan had to fucking backstep that shit, right? Because he was all, he was popping off live too. <laughs> Australia has had one of the most authoritarian takes on this whole quarantine thing. Quarantine. Quarantine <laughs> thing. <laughs> Keeping the Southern Baptist thing running. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> the people who wrote the sketch were like, this is a dream come true. This <laughs> is like literally the point of the sketch, right? Aaron Rodgers, first person he called was Joe. Yeah, I, uh, you say. You have a team of professionally paid medical experts. At your beck and call. But they're paid by the Packers. And the first person you decide to pick up the phone and dial, right? You phone a friend. It's fucking Joe Rogan. Get the fuck out of here. That's like, that's like the white people equivalent of what the Ja Rule thing. Oh my God. Nobody wants to know what Joe Rogan thinks at a time like this. 
the fuck out of here. Y'all really not paying. Where's Joe? We need Joe. Y'all really not paying attention to Dave Chappelle. So let's go, Brandon. <laughs> All right, let's just say, all right, we, we talked about this. That's actually pretty hilarious. It was hilarious, right? Now the right wing thinks they're funny, right? So it's like, I can't. Uh, okay, yeah. And they're, they're wearing it out, right? You know, like the whip. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they've worn it out. Just say fuck Joe Biden, because honestly, <laughs> fuck Joe Biden. Not that I'm a Trump supporter. Not that I'm... Political Robitussin. And as I did, yeah, you can say that, right? But at this point, I feel like it's business as usual, right? Like, kind of like taking a Robitussin. They could, no, they good cop, bad cop us. <laughs> That's it. That's literally it. They good cop, bad cop us. They were like, I don't know, you could get this guy, or you could get this sleeping one, right? Like, this crazy motherfucker who nobody ever knows, he don't even know what he's talking about. Right? He just get out here and he say shit. And I don't know, some of y'all like it, right? Or, or, we have this motherfucker who is actually too tired to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> we have to dope him up to get him out here, right? Like, it's a special cocktail. Amphetamines, B12, and... Warm milk. <laughs> no, warm milk will put him back to sleep. Oh my god, and whiskey. Maple syrup. Whiskey. <laughs> it's like the same thing. He's Catholic, so you've got to make some shame in there. And <laughs> some shame. I don't know, Joe, you'll let everybody down. Oh, I don't want to let everybody down. And Joe, America's really counting on you. Uh, I he did pass an infrastructure bill for $1.2 trillion. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Right, and now that the numbers are steadily tipping back in the like, in the just to put into a frame of reference, when adjusted for inflation, the 1956 interstate system bill was 500 billion dollars. This is 1.2 trillion. Right. <clears throat> no, I hear what you're saying. So it's not really that much more of a grander leap than what we made in the 50s, right? But you also got to mathematically, it's twice. It's twice as big. But that's because it's been like twice as, it's been like that long, right? <laughs> right, like since the last time we really had a huge infrastructure overhaul in this country, it was like after Grand War effort, right? Back when America, and that's why they're scared now because after World War II, fucking America had like 50% of like the global GDP, right? So we had money to just piss around and build new roads and shit, right? How about we take it back to the beginning then with this day in history, one week from today. One week from today, this day in history, this week. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. So, November 13th. This week, one week from today, today. In 1775, American Revolutionary Forces capture Montreal. 1775. 1775. That didn't last very long. <laughs> right? Montreal's still a part of Canada. Yeah, but I mean, they're probably like, get the fuck out Britain. Canada, you're cool. Yeah, but the British took that back over, though, so... Whatever. 
1789, Benjamin Franklin writes, Nothing certain but death and taxes. A phrase that still haunts us to this day for all the wrong reasons. Yup. The great bell of Big Ben first chimes in 1856. Damn that motherfucker. Do you think, is it the same bell that's been up there the entire time? Isn't Big Ben the bell and the clock is called something else, right? Well, it says the great bell of Big Ben. So the clock itself is Big Ben and the bell is Big Ben's bell. Big baller brand. Big Ben is the bell. Oh. And the tower is the Elizabeth Tower. Probably named after Queen Elizabeth. Probably. More than likely. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. So, Big Ben was first struck, rung... In 1856. Yes. Yes. Okay. In 1865, P.T. Barnum's New American Museum opens in Bridgeport. Good old P.T. Barnum. In 1865, you said? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, P.T. Barnum being like, look at how weird these Negroes are. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a midget negro before? I've got an albino negro! <laughs> Who's also a midget. <laughs> Who is also a midget. I've also got this weird bearded fat white lady. <laughs> In 1875, Harvard Yale game is first college football contest with uniforms. Wait, so the first American football match? First American, first, first college football game with uniforms. So the first American college football, or American football college game. There we go. That one. There we go. In 1900, the Baltimore Orioles enter baseball's American League. Now, that Baltimore Orioles team is now known as the New York Yankees. Wait, wait. So the original Baltimore Orioles were bought by New York and turned into the Yankees? Correct. And then we just made another Baltimore Orioles Well, we actually got the St. Louis Browns. Yeah. Fun fact. Baltimore is the only city in the country with two professional sports teams, both formerly known as the Browns. The Ravens were the Browns? Yep. I thought the Ravens were the Colts. No, the, the Colts were stolen from us. Stolen? I like how every Marylander says stolen, right? Like the commissioner and the fucking owner didn't sell the goddamn team. <laughs> they left in the middle of the night. Fuck them. You know, every single time a home or an away team comes to the stadium, it'll be like, you know, Ravens versus Texans or Ravens versus Jets or Ravens versus Patriots. When the Colts come to town, it's Ravens versus Indy. Not even Indianapolis, Indy. If anybody's gonna hold a grudge, it's gonna be Baltimore. Facts. Baltimore. In 1940, Fantasia premieres. Oh, and that was Disney's. That was Disney's uh, second animated feature ever, right? Because the first one was uh, Snow White. I can't remember, but I know this was before Dumbo. Yeah. Which Damn. we did on last week. Or two weeks ago. And that was Disney's like first animated musical feature too. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's definitely true for Fantasia. Is it timeless? Do you Fantasia? Think, do you think Fantasia will still be a thing like 30 years from now? Yeah, I think so. Do you? That demon? 
like in the mountain, that thing like. A Chernabog? Yeah, that thing's fucking horrifying. Well, I mean, yeah, it's horrifying, right? But culturally speaking, like, I mean, Disney's still a powerhouse. So I guess as long as Disney has a monopoly <laughs> on the entertainment market, then yes, Fantasia will continue to be a thing that is hammered down our throats. In 1964, Bob Pettit becomes the first NBA player to score 20,000 points. So this is hilarious. Oh, collectively. Like, my black ass was like, 20,000 points in one game? How the fuck do you? But no. So, <laughs> it's funny because they were, uh, James Harden. Okay. Fuck him. Was nah, getting, he, Jesus. Was getting uh, interviewed post-game yeah. when LaMarcus Aldridge got his 20,000th point. And they were like, so, like, you're part of the club. Kevin's part of the club. What is it like for, uh... For, your uh, teammate LaMarcus to join the club. He's like, what club? Because there's so many fucking people with 20,000 points now. Does it, yeah, I was, is it, is, it's not that exclusive. Now you gotta raise the bar, right? To what, like 40,000? Like, no, the, I can't remember Kareem's exact amount that he has, but I think Kareem has like 36,000 career points. So 36,000 would be a good place to start. And that's still the most, like, that's still the high score in basketball, in professional basketball. It's 36,000 points over your entire career. Yeah. In 1970, U.S. Vice President Spiru Agnew calls TV executives impudent snobs. Now, let's just say that was noteworthy back then. Also still kind of relevant today. <laughs> like, I mean... I know we over here, like, you know, begging for a check or whatever, right? Like, I, I wouldn't be begging for a check, but, but, let's be, let's keep it fan. How many more iterations of Big Bang Theory are we going to make? Please stop with the Big Bang Theory. The Chuck Lorre, like, what is it? It's a three camera style show? And in 1986, U.S. President Reagan confesses weapon sales to Iran. Oh, that was the Iran-Contra affair, right? Fuck. Soon to be overshadowed by Trump's taxes, right? Right? Ha 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 ha, that was topical. No. Um, I mean, that was big shit, but nothing came of it again, right? I am not a... No. In 1997, Ken Griffey Jr. unanimously wins AL MVP. AL MVP? There's an AL MVP and an NL MVP. What is the AL MVP? American League and oh, okay. National League. Oh. Okay. But, like, okay. think of, like, Griffey, I think, is the last baseball player that, like, in the zeitgeist, like, mattered. Like, Griffey was fucking cool. Yeah, I get that was before the the whole steroid exposure, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, before. It, Griffey was never one to get questioned for that, though. Never? Not one time. He had the most pure swing, like, imaginable. That shit was <laughs> Like, if people are just going to show, like, what the perfect swing looks like, it's literally just Ken Griffey's swing. Damn. Griffey has got... It's, it's art in motion. Uh, so what was the next one? In 2002... 
Eminem releases Lose Yourself. Another one that still haunts us to this day. Right? Um, no. It, a, uh, it's a timeless classic now, right? At this yeah. point. Um, it's not only a timeless classic, but it's also a meme. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's... Oh, God, like, we Mom will, Spaghetti. We will rock you, right? Like... Yeah. It's that level... It, I of, think it is. Like, stadium anthem shit, right? Like, come on! You gotta... Stop. I can't. With the, it's... Yeah, no, it's too much. It's to the point now where I don't even enjoy it when the song comes on anymore, because I'm just like, oh, that's what kind of event Bump, this is. Spaghetti. 2019, the first day of public testimony in Donald Trump's impeachment inquiry. The first one held in Washington, D.C. And we see where that's gotten us so far, right? This nut job is still out there talking about how they stole the election from him and how the Democrats have just been flailing left and right to, like, stop everybody else from sucking him off. It's so... Frustrating. <laughs> That's all the shit that happened on November 13th. We kind of just like skimmed over three different topics and went right into it because we still didn't even get in on. Yo, Jay Well cooked Stephen A. He cooked him. That's oh right. That's what we were talking about before we even got into the this week today one week from now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Yeah, because as I was saying before we started our little time travel through history, the smoke that Stephen A. Smith was coming at Kyrie Irving with, as uh, your man Jay put, out, um, put forward, was quite visceral, right? Like, it was very aggressive. Like, it was. Quite! Very, uh, it was very uh, big hall monitor energy, right? Like, what are you doing out here? You're supposed to be in class. You're gonna fuck it up for everybody else, right? Like, yep. Big responsibility shit. Like, yep. Really check it. And then with with Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> yo, when he opened this lies, I'm disappointed. You know, I don't know what to say. Son, son, your man went in on him, though, right? No, no, like, it was some strategical, surgical, like... He came with receipts. Disembodying of Stephen A. Smith right live in front of everybody's eyes. Well, not live, but still broadcasting for your viewing. And I'm just wondering why that is. When he said that, I was like, he leaned in and said it too. And I, it, like, and somewhere, Max Kellerman is smiling. That is say it with your chest energy. Yeah. That is say it with your chest energy. <laughs> He's like, let me, let me be clear. I'm trying to articulate that I find you repulsive. <laughs> You've got big bitch written across your forehead. And I want to know how you're okay with that. <laughs> like, that's 
Yeah, Stephen A, dude, you you fucked up. Stephen fucked A always bag. fucking up. He, I don't know if he fucked. He the didn't bag fuck up. the. He fucked a long-term bag, maybe. I mean, he fucked up his. See, I don't even know if he fucked up his credibility, right? Like, cause I don't feel like this will damage his brand at all. I really don't, because Stephen A has been known for being on the wrong side of issues in the past, and it hasn't stopped him from elevating himself to the point where he can call the shots on Max Kellerman continuing. Max Kellerman, right, who in his own right is a respected journalist with that network. Yeah. And Stephen A was still able to get this nigga kicked off his show, right? Like... Who And Stephen A has continuously made what we would quote-unquote say to be a fool of himself oh, yeah. on TV, right? And that doesn't stop people from tuning in to watch Stephen A. Smith potentially make a fool of him. He's like the black fucking Tucker Carlson of, like, ESPN at this point, right? Like, it's like he continues... He, in retrospect, Stephen A. Smith looks like a dumbass a lot of the fucking time, right? Oh, but yeah. Watching him go off on things he feels passionate about stuff that a lot of the time is the opposite of the narrative being pushed at the time is entertaining to people and as much as me and you would like to say that that shit sucks and that kind of motherfucker maybe should not have as many viewers as he does he has less now he has a lot less now for now but you see how the cancel culture branding works, right? Like, you know, it's a very sharp dip downwards, but then you get like this slow but gradual return to something that was even more profitable for you than before you had made that dip. Especially if your brand was already controversial, right? Like, and that's what I'm, we're speaking for already controversial brands, right? This isn't for somebody like a Kevin Hart, right? Or like, trying to think or like a Lindsay Lohan right like yeah. you know this is for your Stephen A. Smith for your Ben Shapiro's for your uh, uh, Louis C.K.'s and people like that right yeah. like this these kinds of things don't hurt their brand even your Dave Chappelle's right like this doesn't really hurt his brand if anything it's going to make people want to tune in more to see why this loud guy who was wrong this time continues to be loud even though he was wrong last time, right? You know who else is disappointed in Aaron Rodgers? The Muppets. The Jeopardy. <laughs> All the Muppets tweeted out that they are gonna go get vaccinated now that they're eligible. Uh, oh yeah, that's right, because the Pfizer vaccine has been approved for kids 5 to 11. To so get... all of the Muppets are going to go get vaccinated. Does that mean that all of the Muppets are between ages 5 to 11? Big Bird is hard to believe, but I suppose. Right, because that... that... Really? I'm on... You know, if that's the case, I'm wondering what happened to Oscar's parents. You just, like... Let's let's stop and talk about the fact that Big Bird's still alive. Um, what kind of bird is Big Bird? Because also, if he ages at bird years, would that make him an adult? Sesame Street's been on since like the late seventies, right? Probably earlier. Probably early. And Big Bird has been a staple character on Sesame Street for long. Him, Elmo, Oscar, Cookie Monster, Dracula. 
comic book lol. It's like Spider-Man being 18 forever. All I'm saying is that the motherfuckers should have been gotten vaccinated and the <laughs> fact that they've waited now is just as problematic as Aaron Rodgers, goddammit. <laughs> you see, what the real question is, is why are we wasting vaccines on puppets when we could be sending them to people who really need them abroad? <laughs> Fucking Muppets. I find your joke very distasteful and offensive. <laughs> You also find it hilarious. Hilariously just tasteful and offensive. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, no. Um, so the Pfizer vaccine has it it's an altered dosage, right? That um it's supposed to be like one third of what we get from what I remember hearing. But they will be getting two dosages of it. So I guess they'll be getting close to like one of what we got in the long term when you think about it. I'm probably gonna get myself vaccinated. There are people who I know who will probably explode with like QAnon rage at the fact that <laughs> I'm suggesting getting my child vaccinated for something that I don't know shouldn't be fucking politicized. I don't know why <laughs> it's still political. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. It's dumb. Right? It's super dumb. Get your kids vaccinated. You get vaccinated. Please, so we can go back to not having to wear masks all the I time. I swear to God, if my Deftones tickets get pushed back one more time. Your Deftones tickets might get pushed back for a whole nother fucking reason. <laughs> Was that joke tone deaf? Please tell me what you are referring to. Oh, I'm just talking about that Travis Scott concert. That's what I thought you were gonna go for. Yeah, the Astro World concert. That shit was uh, tragic. Yeah, no, tragic feels like the right word. As I said earlier, right, a lot of people are calling him out for what felt like a phoned-in apology. I don't get that when I listened to it and when I watched it. Let's take a break before we go into it. <laughs> Because I have things to say as a white guy who's been in many a mosque. As a white guy! And so we begin. Back where we left off. So this Travis Scott concert. This travesty. Wow. So there was a terrible accident at the Astro, the Astro World concert in Houston this week. Um, eight people died. It is what is described as a crowd surge. And um, has also been deemed entirely preventable. And it is on the concert organizers' blame, not the crowds. Yes. Could have had more space. Could have had more staff. I mean, could have not oversold the event. There we go. Right? That's the big one. Right? In a post-COVID concert-going society, you would think that more safety precautions to keep people, like, distance would have been taken in the first place. Right? No, because this is America. Right? 
You're absolutely wrong if you thought for a second that all these, you know, venue uh, managers and concert promoters were going to care about people's livelihoods. Because it is time to make money again, you dumb fucks. Like, do you not? Why would, why would we have thought that this was going first of all? Travis Scott is probably one of the closest things to a rock star that rappers get. Yep. Including his, like, entire aesthetic, right? Like, uh, the Travis Scott hype train single-handedly. Okay, it might be giving them a little bit too much credit to say they brought the band T back, but, but. Yeah. Travis Scott, though, however, I feel like is taking a lot of unnecessary flack for this. Newsflash, I don't know if you guys understand this, but it's not the musical artist's job to plan that kind of shit out. (laughs) It's really not his job to make sure that there is, you know, equal COVID spacing and all of that. It is his job to show up and perform the songs, right? (laughs) That's literally all his fucking job is. Everything else is supposed to be taken care of by, like, you know, his team and the associated management. I say all that to say that people calling his apology very, like, half-hearted and, um, like, non-empathetic, I feel like are overshooting, right? And a lot of people who are saying that, you know, the blood is on his hands, right? Because there are people who are making legitimate statements about, um, you know, the crowd calling for... He takes some flat. ...the concert to be stopped. And for him seeming to... I've seen clips from both sides, though, where it's like, you know, he could have... He stopped the concert, and when he did stop the concert, he made sure that, like, you know, things went smoothly more smoothly than they had been going but then there are people who are making the argument that you know he was aware of the situation unfolding and didn't take it as seriously as he should have and once again on Travis Scott's defense as many concerts as I'm sure Travis Scott has performed I'm sure he's seen some shit get out of hand right (laughs) we have experience or we have people with personal experiences working for his shows and he can be a bit demanding from what we've been told um and a bit hard-headed but when you're an artist as big as travis scott once again i feel like that's kind of expected right yeah like it's like expecting elton john not to be a a little bit of a queen, right? It's like expecting, and I don't mean that in that way, it's like expecting Mariah Carey to not be a fucking deep, right? Like, that's why it's always a surprise when a celebrity is actually humble, right? Because it's quite common for it to be the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so, all that being said, I don't feel like his apology was um, disingenuous. I feel like I got more frustration than, you know, empathy, though, which I guess is what everybody else was picking up on. It just seemed like he was blown. This shit happened in the first place, right? Like, it's, I don't know. It's like when you go out to have fun with your friends and one of them gets hurt and you have to explain to their parents how this fucking happened, right? And it's like, you're not mad at your friend for getting hurt, but... 
You're mad that you have to explain to their parents. Like, you're mad that it even happened in the first place, right, is my point, right? And nobody is more mad than the kids who's, you know, than the parents of the kids who died, right? Yeah, no, they get to be mad. Yeah. Right? But I also feel like Travis Scott gets to be mad. Right? Because this tacks on a whole nother, like, insurance policy to his fucking shows that he's going to need to provide from now on. Right? And this, let's keep it a ban. Despite how much you may feel like he egged it on, that nigga don't want that shit to happen. Nobody wants people to fucking die at their concerts except for maybe, like, Swedish death metal bands. Right? I, I actually saw this great tweet they were like this uh this travis scott concert looks like an episode of metalocalypse it did kind of play out like that especially I mean, with like the 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 well, hell it, setting and everything and yeah no that part but and see this is just you know lending more weight to the people who were like he's satanic they're sacrificing oh yeah i saw a lot shows. of that they were like this is like ritual creepy i'm like it's just when aesthetic meets tragedy, right? Like, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's unfortunate that the see you on the other side, you know, thing was blaring in the background as these people died. But I don't think it was intentional, guys. Come on. We really, like, you need to get back outside, right? Which isn't going to happen if you don't get vaccinated. But <laughs> lots of people are responsible for this and our need to blame one single person, right? It's like we always have to have a bad guy, right? It's the reason conspiracy theories get traction. Yeah. It's a ration it's rationalizing something to put the blame and cause on. Right, because it's a lot easier to go this is Travis Scott's fault than to just accept the fact that this was a freak tragedy and it was a, a failure on multiple other on multiple points yeah it was a failure on like you know management and concert planning but it was also a failure on the crowd for human decency and i don't think that the crowd should be like completely given a fucking waiver and a scapegoat because you idiots i know it's been a long time since we've been back outside right but people need to fucking breathe. I don't care how bad you want to have Travis Scott sweat on you. It's not worth trampling somebody to death over, right? It's the fucking... At least not Travis Scott. It, that's, that's up for debate, right? But it's like, for people who were getting trampled over Tickle Me Elmo's and shit like that, right? Like, this isn't Travis Scott's fault. This is, once again, something I feel like may be purely American because we like to trample people at events, right? We trample people at sporting events. We trample people at motorcycle rallies. We trample people at fucking marathons, <laughs> right? I mean, like, Philadelphia, win, lose, or draw, always gets ready for something to be lit on fire. Like, that's what we do here. We trample people over Tickle Me Elmo's, over Furbies, over PlayStation 5s. Like, <laughs> it's not... This shit ain't new, fam. It's not new. And for people... Doesn't mean it's normal, but... It shouldn't be normal. It shouldn't be, but people fucking blaming, like, Travis Scott and the management for this shit while completely ignoring the fact that the crowd on their own recognizance <laughs> all rushed to the fucking stage at the same goddamn time. Well, I think we're actually... Hearing about the ages of the people that were in this crowd... 
Are you... Warped Door has been around for a couple of years now. Man Festival even longer than that. Rock hasn't really had a, uh, a, a grasp in the cultural importance. Where you go None with... of these people know how to mosh. I was about to be like, where are you going with this grandpa? They don't, they don't know how to mosh. They don't know how to mosh. There's mosh pit etiquette. Some of this could have been avoided. That should take... That all of this could have been avoided with my... Okay, look, you're not wrong. Wrong, uh, but you're... You pick a homie up! You're right for the And if you're at the reasons. front, you can't get mad when you get hit with crowd surfers. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like there's something to be said about, um, you know, public decency, right? Like, that's what I was just going on about. You like, find a flip-flop, you hold it up. Is that really... Yes. That's a part of my yeah. genetic... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it that's is. mine! Yep, that's 100% a thing. Uh, you don't pick pocket people while you're in the mosh pit. Unless you really need a pack of them you know, also, only restrict elbows for people who elbow you back. I, um... That one's more of a guideline. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I think you're right for the wrong reasons. I do feel like... I've literally crowd surfed out of crowds like described. Yeah. And seen. I've crowd surfed to safety out of those. This, like I said, was a freak accident. It was a combination of all the right things to go wrong. I think these people wanting to purely blame Travis Scott for this shit need to grow the fuck up. I'm just saying it wouldn't have happened to me. You want to know why? Because I wouldn't have gone to a fucking Travis Scott concert. I don't feel like that's fair. I feel like if you go to a Travis Scott concert, you'll be like, oh, damn. This might be worth getting trampled over. It's like, that's a terrible joke. You're going to run that one into the ground. <laughs> Uh, that's a terrible joke. Yep, so was mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant. That's what I meant. But yeah, if they, you know, just went to a fucking punk rock show when they were younger, and this all could have been avoided. Speaking of punk rock... Maybe we just need to have, like, Green Day tour the country. And you know, like, how everybody has drown-proofing? Like, mosh-proofing? Speaking of punk rock, they're officially making a film adaptation of Wicked, the stage play. Oh. Starring okay. Ariana Grande and... God damn it! Ariana Grande, that now means that Sephiroth is canon with Wizard of Oz. Explain to me again how Ariana Grande is canon in... She's in one of the Final Fantasy music games. Wait, for real? Yes. Why? I don't know. So Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo will lead the Wicked film adaptation of the stage play based on... <laughs> Ariana Grande will be playing Glinda the Good Witch, and Cynthia Erivo will be playing Elifa. Um, I think I pronounced it right. The Wicked Witch of the West. You know, for all you musical theater nerds out there, uh, it's finally time to have your fangasm, because... I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting, though. If people um, don't have their fix of enough Ariana Grande at this point. I mean, Cynthia Erivo is too. And both of them have, you know... Um, 
musical theater experience. So, this could be pretty good. Um, in other news, uh, the Resident Evil trailer dropped for Welcome to Raccoon City, and boy howdy, was it something. Oh man, let me tell you, I have not been this excited for a Resident Evil movie ever. <laughs> and that's a hot take. That's Chris Redfield. That's supposed to be Jill Valentine, yes, right? Yes. Yep. Nope, they're going OG source material with this shit. And somehow, this movie is supposed to tie in all the other movies as well. But fuck all that noise, because this shit looks way better than those. I'm sorry, guys. Don't I'm waiting me. for him. I like. I'm just waiting for him. Oh, this, the song choice, though? No, no, no. The man! Is that supposed to be Leon? I think so. <laughs> I'm all about this. Yeah, I told you, this should look gnarly. I'm mad what they made Leon's hair look like. As a real nerdy Come on, nitpick look, thing. Zombie dogs, yeah, look. I knew you was gonna have your but apparently they're gonna have that iconic first zombie turnaround scene when you encounter your first zombie in the game. Like that's gonna be in this movie, um, supposedly. I'm hyped. More hyped than I've ever been for a Resident Evil. Oh, movie. that's for damn sure. More hyped than I was for that fucking God, that Netflix Resident Evil shit. This shit made me so mad. I so, it. did you? Yeah. I didn't. Mostly just because I just wanted to see Leon run around and kick ass. I guess I'm just not a big fan of the animation style. Um, so, yeah. No, so that's exciting. Also, you know, the Eternals dropped this week. Yeah, I need to go see that. And I need to see Shang-Chi. Still haven't seen Shang-Chi because I'm not paying Disney more money to watch a movie on a service that I already paid for. This new Marvel movie has a A-list cast that I'm sure all of you are mostly familiar with. Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Camille Nagiani, Selma Hayek. So this is when they go cosmic, right? Yeah, no, this is Marvel's full step into expanding the MCU into like the cosmic MCU and I'm sure we'll start to get like uh, the watchers and stuff like that now that we are opening up this eternal field here right this is I think the kickoff to phase four right and expect then, to see some Jonathan Majors maybe not in this movie but in phase four for sure yeah oh and Mahershala Ali I guess making a um oh spoiler alert <laughs> right spoiler alert <laughs> marisha ali will apparently be making his appearance in as his blade role in the eternals movie Woo! so uh that might be you know more of a little bit of a teaser to get people to actually go see it right like i don't feel like i i haven't watched too many of the trailers so I can't say too much, but I don't feel like I've seen much about Blade in any of the Eternals trailers, so that will, uh, that Maybe it'll be like, so he'll be featured like the way Spider-Man was in Civil War. Oh, I was thinking like Black Panther was in Civil War. It was about the same. Yeah. 
I mean, man, it, it's on par for the way Marvel likes to introduce their characters. So, um, I can't wait for that Blade movie. That's going to be sick. Sick nasty. You know what was not sick nasty? What? Russell Westbrook. Man, look. When you showed me that highlight clip, dog, I was <laughs> aghast because I was like, why? When you've got... It, it's because I told you the NBA is a one-man show now, right? But and we've learned why. Like, Russell, you gotta stop doing it, buddy. It's a one-man show. Gotta stop doing it. And if you can't get noticed out here, if you can't get a brand popping off like Kyrie Irving got it... <laughs> You either gotta go Kyrie or you gotta go Steph, right? And Russell Westbrook decided he didn't want to look stupid like Kyrie, so he was gonna go Steph and still came out looking kinda... You know what looked really dumb? Not passing to Carmelo, who's open at the three. Why the fuck open at the three? And has like a, a, a ratio of what? He's shooting like 40% right now from three. Which is really fucking good. Still, I was gonna say it's more worth it than the shot that Westbrook took. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? People don't even really guard Westbrook at the three now. He did it. He thought he was Doncic. Was gonna be able to, you know, just drain it. Oh, yeah, people. rub that one in. Right. Luka Doncic with three people on him, draining a three at the buzzer to knock off myself. That's exactly what he wanted, though, was a buzzer beater, right? Because it was right. That, that shit bounced off the rim right at the buzzer. <laughs> And Westbrook had to walk back to that locker room like, my bad, dog. I thought I, I thought I had it. And Luca just swishes it. It's the dichotomy there, right there. You watch two point guards in the Western Conference, and well, the Lakers signed up for it. I was gonna really say, I feel like you're making a, a very uh, black-white comparison here, and it's like Larry Bird versus Scottie Pippen, like no. Not really. I'm just thinking more along the lines of, like, Russell kind of, like, he doesn't suck, but he thinks he's better than he is at this point. All that heat for Russell Westbrook and James Harden, right? I mean, I think Russell had, like, six turnovers. He was, like, one for eight. Do you think you could beat Russell Westbrook in a game one-on-one? No. <laughs> I don't think I could beat anybody who's played professional basketball at any level in NBA. I'm still... Or in, in uh, basketball. I still think I could beat Dana White, but that's besides the point. <laughs> We're not talking about that right now. No. No, 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 no. You gotta catch me, Dana. <laughs> Break! Clocks go back on Odin. <laughs> Snoop Dogg said, clocks go back on November 7th. I hope mine goes back to when people had morals, values, loyalty, appreciation, and respect. And Mine's going back to the last time I saw Snoop Dogg. Thanks. <sighs> Alright everybody, we're playing a new round. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm really just like... I want people to stop pretending like morals and respect and values are a thing that doesn't exist anymore. It's also, it's 
just that we are now also seeing other people's idea of what morals, values, yep. and respect are. And you don't have to agree with those things. I'm not saying that. But they don't have to agree with yours, is what I'm saying. Yup. First Amendment's a tricky one, isn't it? So, last week, I mentioned that, you know, as we were talking about Joe Rogan and Dana White. Something, uh, Joe said something that, uh, kind of... It perturbed me a little bit. Irked you. Especially considering that Joe Rogan is the father father of three daughters, I think. Joe seems to be getting, like, very aggro in the last couple of years, right? As his popularity has grown, I feel like he is becoming more fixed in some of the positions that he holds. Um, One specifically being the... um, paternity leave. They were talking about Pete Buttigieg and how he recently went on paternity leave in the middle of the supply chain crisis, right? And how him being like head of, I think it's like transportation department or something like that, that he's a head of, or that he is the head of, and how him going on paternity leave in the middle of such an important situation mm-hmm. seems kind of unprofessional right and Joe was kind of like taking that and using it as a way to like put down paternity leave for men saying that you know the man is the woman is supposed to be home with the baby and men go out and make money Men go up. So and classic food beta male mentality. Yeah, like why would you want to spend time with a baby, nigga? Like, <laughs> and I feel some kind of ladies fucking... is spending time with your child, okay? <laughs> no, for fucking real though. Like, you niggas wonder why, and it's like I I don't know what Joe Rogan's relationship with his father is like, but I guarantee you saying shit like that is probably kind of off, right? Dad probably didn't talk to him about much. Maybe, you know, dad didn't even really, like, acknowledge his presence a whole fucking lot. I'm totally on the opposite end of that spectrum, right? Like, I think there is a different conversation to be had about Pete Buttigieg taking paternity leave in the middle of the supply chain crisis. But I think that both parents should be afforded medical leave when they have a new child, right? Some of the most important moments in your child's life are within the first three years that they are alive, right? Like, those are very formative years for a fucking child. Mm -hmm. And how they view their relationship with you. And that time off, we are also the only country that does not man, the only first world country? Yeah. First world feels kind of like racist, but you get the point. Developed? No, developed feels... We are the only modern country. Nope, that still feels racist. <laughs> that doesn't offer, like, leave, paid leave for um, child. Right? Like, yeah. In, like, the Netherlands, 
you get like a full 16 months like collectively right really yeah like in germany i think it's like nine months for both mom and dad so like you know you get collectively you get time off with your fucking newborn so you don't have to do things like pay 900 fucking dollars for fucking infant care a week son yes infant care is child care in the united states is already fucking expensive like you do not want to hear what fucking like after school bills and shit like after school care bills and shit like that you'll be like it's Try that and paying your mortgage and then paying your car insurance. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. And then they wonder why people aren't fucking having kids, right? Like, oh, it's because of the gay agenda. No, it's not. It's because it's expensive as fuck. It's because of the capitalist agenda. It's respon- It's like so... It's not even the responsibility of this shit. It is literally stressful as fuck to have to be responsible for another human being in today's climate. Right, like with the fucking extreme weather crises and stuff that we're yeah. having left and fucking right, like you got areas that have never like that are not used to experiencing like extreme in like Texas freezing the fuck over, right? And the people out in Washington State and um, Oregon dealing with heat waves when they don't even have fucking air conditioning in their houses because it usually never gets above like 75 (laughs) people die so yeah no who would want to fucking have a child right no me hi i just had one she's like almost two weeks old now uh and i only get to spend the week home now luckily my fiance has maternity leave and gets to spend a total of, I think, 10 weeks off with the child. But no- Relatively speaking, that's nothing. Exactly. Compared to like a full fucking nine months if we were to (laughs) up and move to Germany, right? Like, paid. Paid, son. We act like that's, see, this is part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it. The same people who are spouting these conspiracies that they're trying to destroy the nuclear family, right? Are also the same people who will gawk at the idea of paternity, right? Like, why would you want dad to be home, right? But they're also the same people that are like, you know what's wrong with the black community? They just don't have fathers in their lives. And it's like, duh! That motherfucker gotta work three jobs just to make sure that he can keep the fucking house and the lights don't get cut off. Right? Like, in this day and age, you can't fucking afford most one-bedroom apartments on a minimum wage salary. Nope. Let alone a two-bedroom apartment, because you gotta fucking get... And that's just an apartment. That's just an apartment, right? So when I hear people, like, rebuke the idea of a father wanting to be home with his newborn on paternity, especially people like Joe Rogan, who makes so much money, he moved to an entirely different state, so they didn't take any of his money, (laughs) right? Newsflash, Joe. Most people who are afraid the government is going to take their money can't
can't just afford to fucking pack up and move to a new state where they won't take their fucking money. Nope. Most people who get COVID can't afford to have their doctors throw the whole fucking kitchen sink in. Including right? drugs that are more experimental than the vaccine itself. So when I hear people like Joe Rogan, who, you know, for probably like the entirety of his daughter's lives, mm -hmm. has been able to spend the amount of time with them that he wants to spend with them because of the money he makes, gawk at the idea of paternity leave, it makes me go, what the fuck, Joe? <laughs> what are you doing? What is the point? Are you trying to discourage fathers from wanting to be home with their newborn children? Are you trying to discourage the idea of men rearing newborn children and providing in that way? Or are you trying to encourage men to seek monetary value as their only source of importance, right? That's that's what I hear when I hear shit like that. Like, why? what, what else is the fucking argument? I don't understand what the goddamn point of another man suggesting that men shouldn't want to spend time with their fucking kids, right? Blows my mind. Blows my mind. But I mean, this is also a dude who, no offense, Joe, I don't know, is pushing brain pills with fucking sawdust in them. So... Maybe don't take your parenting advice from Joe Rogan as well as... The Spotify bag isn't big enough already? Maybe don't take your medical advice from Joe Rogan. I'm not saying Joe Rogan is a bad parent, and I am not saying that Joe Rogan doesn't do his own research. All I'm saying is he is also a comedian, and that literally means the things that he says are not meant to be taken seriously. Yep. Yep. None of this is normal. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, wait. Deuces. Oh, wait. Anybody who's interested in getting Pokemon, Flesh or Blood, Magic the Gathering, or Yu-Gi-Oh, or anything like that, check out TokenMTG.com and use the promo code Ziggy, and you will get 10% off your order. 10% off your order. That's at TokenMTG, located in Edgewater, Maryland, if you're local. And... Keep your death threats to 140 characters or less. That's to you, Joe. And Joe Button. And Joe Biden. Hey, Ted. And Joe Mama. And Joe Pescopo. And Joe, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. And um, Joe. The plumber. The plumber. Fuck Brandon. <laughs> <laughs>So, uh, it's just Ziggy here, by himself, no doc, um, with a periwinkle, and we're currently playing a game of magic and talking about Satan. Welcome, everybody, to the sidebar. Also, I can edit out that. I'm gonna crack Bloodstained Mire. Um, let's get... Grown to intact. Okay, well, we're not here to just talk about Satan. That'd be a little weird. Mm. Not promoting. Not discriminating either. Eh, this time. This time I am. 
Okay. <laughs> Alright, so you actually came to me, which is weird, because you don't even listen to this podcast, but you came to me and you were like, yo, I need to talk about this Travis Scott thing. Yes. Because what occurred is very interesting to say the least. Yes, it is your turn. So, what piqued your interest about it specifically? So, what piqued my interest about it, first of all, is that people were calling it what happened to Tanner. So, I had to look into it to myself to see what about it could possibly have given it that kind of, uh, kind of a... Connotation? Yes. Alright, so, yeah, at first glance, you see a giant skeleton head. You see, you know, like a cave that looks like it's straight up from hell with a light-up sign that says, see you on the other side, right? Right. Alright. And you don't know much about Travis Scott as it is, right? Uh, not too much. I know, I know a little bit about, like, what his music is. Like, I have a few friends that listen to him. Not my kind of music, personally, but... He's... So, yeah, I mean, he's the closest thing in hip-hop to a rock star, right? Like, aesthetics and everything, like, he quote-unquote brought the band tee back. Yeah, did you see the band tee he was wearing, by the way? No, what band was it? It wasn't a band, it was just, uh, the shirt he was choosing to perform in. It was, uh, shirt, once again, going back to the see you on the other side dynamic. Yeah. Written on a shirt, says yeah. see you on the other side. Yeah. And it had... Little blue dudes, just normal blue dudes walking through a doorway. Blue maker. Uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna call him your average Joe walking through a little doorway. Got it. And on the other side, they turn to red dudes with demon horns. This is just the symbolism on his shirt, but symbolism goes and becomes very powerful thing. It could also just be theming. Yes. Because everything else is satanic. Yes, yes, it's, it, it is theming, and everyone loves a good, uh, dark aesthetic, and yes, there is plenty of themes here, but the difference between art and actual satanic ritual and other satanic things is a very thin line, because they kind of have coexisted together for a very long time. Now, I just want to let everybody know, we have gone at, to an old abandoned church called Hell House, where there is uh, an altar that supposedly priest went crazy and he killed five girls in five different ways, trying to summon the devil. One of them was crucified on that cross that used to be at the altar that you and I went to go play shadow game Yu-Gi-Oh at. All right, you gotta show me like where you sourced all that information from. It's legend. It's a fucking legend, dude. Okay. Regardless, your point about the like, it does, I don't have sources. I could be totally, I could be wrong, but that's the legend about the place. Well, yes, bad things did happen at that place. And it, anyway, we went to go play video shadow games there. I actually just actually was up there the other day and uh, ran into a priest, and he specifically said that that altar is no longer consecrated. Neither of us are playing blue. There's no consecrated sphinx in here. I had to look up the word, actually, man. <laughs> Do you know? What, consecrated? Yeah. Like, blessed and purified. Uh, basically the deemed sacred kind of deal. Yeah. Like, that's a safe altar to you kind probably of... If it was like, a consecrated altar, you'd be like, that's a safe altar to go and practice religion at. Growing you know, up Catholic, you just like, <laughs> steam some holy water, 
pour it on it, get some Umoglegle Foggy Sal's, and you're good to go. My turn. Oh, yeah. I played a land in Smash Beaver, too. Weather Wayfair for? Cabal Coffers. Cabal Coffers. Great. You have an Herb Organ hand, too? I didn't say all that. Uh, I guess if you have to play it in your land turn, that doesn't really help you. you. Have you checked up how much that foil is? The Cabal Coffers? Yeah. When I bought it was 80. I think last time I saw it was either like 160 or 270 or some shit. I think it might have dropped because it did get a reprint. Right, but it is still like the highest end one, I think. Oh, yeah. It's like my Kiki Jiki. It did go down when the uh, the one got reprinted, but it holds its value. You lying bastard. So the Tumi Yagmoth, the all-corrupting land. Bring us back on topic here. Yes. <laughs> the all-corrupting land, yes. So let's start with the fucking giant statue of Travis's Scott's head with the mouth portal that everyone who went to the show had to walk through. So... Yeah, everybody giving him head. <laughs> um, actually, so, back to the whole thematic of it. A lot of people were saying that the, the thematic of the festival is based off of Christ in Limbo, an old, like, painting from, like, I want to say the 1600s, maybe as early as the 1300s. Uh, that does sound like some conceptual, intellectual, over-the-top bullshit that a generation following Kendrick would try to copy. Yeah. Come again? <laughs> I'm being a pretentious twat. <laughs> kind of like, uh, are you saying it was like an R slash I'm 14 and this is deep? Um, so maybe to Travis Scott it was, uh, I'm, I'm edgy and this is cool, but to the people that actually, I feel, design such a festival, they, they know what they're doing. You can't not know what you're doing. When Take you're, one light. I did? All right, cool. <laughs> you can't not know what you're doing when you're playing with that powerful of imagery. Yeah. Like... When you're, you're messing around with the narrative of Jesus. Not Jesus the person, but the story of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know you know what I mean. Yes. So, back, to, back to the mouth thing. So, walking through that mouth, you... If you've ever walked through a door before and just, like, instantly forgot what you're doing... Yes. You can kind of just get the grasp of the effects of, like, what gateways... I have ADHD. I'm fully aware of what you're talking walking about. Walking through gateways or doorways or archways or portals of any kind alter your mind state. And especially based on what you just walked under. Uh, Corvold, Sacrifice, Blood Gas, Get a Counter, Draw a Card. So yeah, you just walk through somebody's skull. Yeah, yes. Um, God, God only knows what they could have had you, like, been exposed to walking under that, but we're not going Probably to. COVID. Uh, <laughs> COVID, radiation, who the fuck knows, but I'm not going to go into that kind of conspiracy. It's a possibility, but just walking through Some that. crazy rage-inducing pheromone or something. <laughs> okay, that's, a, that's a topic for discussion, actually. So, that's actually just found in the music itself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you and I grew up going to metal shows. Yes, um, but the interesting thing about Travis Scott's music is the, uh, I guess, 
the sound to it rather than the lyrics. I don't know. I mean, I guess sometimes the lyrics seem relevant, but... Yeah, the lyrics sometimes seem relevant, Matt, to music. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, the, I think people have gotten to appreciate good production more. As we said before we started recording, we think it might even be like a generational thing where, you know, the people that are, the younger people who are going to Travis Scott shows didn't grow up in a society where rock really had any presence. So they didn't go into any rock shows, which is the environment where moshing typically happens. And we know the unspoken rules. Like, the main one is if someone falls down, you pick them up. Yes. It's an unspoken rule, whether at a show or just in life in general. But this, so this is where I, I actually really believe where calling it satanic is quite appropriate because part of the point of this type of Satanism that we're currently discussing, which is basically like- Can't be commercialized Satanism. Yes, which based on capitalism, control, and greed. Part of uh, that type of Satanism is in basically kind of just making people a lot more self-centered. Good Satanism's all about, you know, self-worship, and, and that's not self-centeredness. Controlling. Yes, yes. <laughs> and trolling. Yes. Yes. Very important part. Um, it is! Especially now. Absolutely. Trolling is a form of uh, protest at this point. Yeah. Ooh, that's a hot take. That is. I'm gonna bring that one on Sunday. Trolling is a form of protest. Elon Musk is already three steps ahead of you with that one. <laughs> Continue. We're not gonna touch Elon. Go with Cabal Coppers. That's a good one. Wait. Cabal Coppers. Yeah, basically, whole point of uh, what they're calling this kind of, calling this satanic horror is because they're, basically, the lack of empathy that was showed at this festival. Um, it's not, people are gonna say, oh, it's the crowd to blame, but you can't blame the crowd for acting as exactly as they were puppeteered to do. Um, to say uh, that they were puppeteered to do this sounds a little extreme, but in some of the advertisements, it's very clearly shown two hands in puppeteer stance uh, with eyes in the middle of the hands, and then... Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, there's some, some creepy imagery going on here. Loam for two lands, uh, Bloodstained Mire, Bloodgast, everybody's favorite fucked up magic card, Dothy Voidwalker, uh, combat, attack, sacrifice, six, drop, exile. Yep, Dothy Voidwalker, everybody's favorite fucked up magic card. He had a shadow. Wayfair. Why did Wayfair is such a fucking good card? It really is. I don't like a lot of like white mono white cards very much, but Weathered Wayfair I absolutely love. I love that card. A couple of my favorite white cards are like Weathered Wayfair. I really like Thalia, Guardian of Thraven, who doesn't love Swords of Plowshares. Coffers right now is cool, but I mean, it's not helping you too much. Frozen Verge. End past turn. The Carplusion Legend. Uh, go to combat. Attack for eight. 
with Corval, sacrifice blood gas, draw a card, make a great one. I'm going to block this. Yep, yep. Block with Mixed Weaver. Yep. Six block. One green. Mixed Weaver. Fast. Force of the Spirit. When you activate Mixed Weaver, I am going to Endurance you. To the bottom in what order? Uh, play Command Tower, get back Blood Gas. Oh, I actually get another Greyborn and another Corvold draw because that actually sacrifices itself. <laughs> and I do take eight. Actually, you take nine because that sacrifice before damage. And I'll move the discard and I will discard Collector. You're good. So you also notice specifically the ambulance scenes. Okay, yeah, so I watched the entirety of him doing his, like, show while everyone was, while the panic was ensuing. Yeah. First time, it starts with him being like, noticing that there's an ambulance in the crowd during uh, breaks between one of his songs. Just points out that there's an ambulance in the crowd and makes some facial expressions. He's wearing an earpiece, so he's obviously getting some kind of uh, feedback on like what to do here. Yeah, I mean, any performer is Right. Like, like, I'm, not, I'm not like, oh, conspiracy, he's got voices in his head, but no, like, he's obviously... It's probably, it's, what he's hearing is mostly the music. It's probably almost all certainly the music. It's an inner ear monitor, because when I play drums, really hard to hear anything else besides the drums. Like, I need to have music that I'm playing to I can hear. Right. So a lot of that is just an inner ear monitor to get his music. Well, I imagine it's also not they are able to communicate with him, right? Probably. I would think. I would hope. Like, I, I would hope so, too. <laughs> Otherwise, like... <laughs> but um, I was talking to Perv about it, and he said there's only four people who can stop the show. The artist, the stage manager, the production manager, and the cops. At least none of them chose to. Travis certainly didn't. But yeah, so he follows up with noticing that there's an ambulance in the crowd with... I guess this was him just continuing on the show, but it's in, in hindsight it, it comes off in very poor taste. Because he goes from pointing out that there's an ambulance in the crowd to going to tell everyone to put their middle fingers in the air. So the entire crowd now has their middle finger in the air right after death number one, or at least apparent death number one has just occurred. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually just had to recently look up why the middle finger was in a- Oh, yeah, it's uh, from the French American, it's from the French English War. But like, no, I was like, but why was it offensive? Oh, uh, because the British had the longbow, and they needed the strength from their middle finger to actually hold the, to draw the string. Mm -hmm. So when the French captured the British uh, archers, they would cut off their middle finger so they could never shoot a longbow. There's yeah. nothing to do with flipping someone off. Yeah, it does. That's one of the, I mean, that's... That's the story behind it, sure, but... Oh, yeah. No, the actual, like, meaning behind it... It's, hold on, first off, make a middle finger and look at it yourself real quick. Turn around. What does that look like to you? I mean, if you really want to say it's phallic, then go for it. It, it, it is. 
It is. Why else would it mean fuck you? <laughs> I guess that's fair. But that is also the story behind it is the Lombo one. It's definitely existed way longer than that, I feel. Yeah, well, potato, tomato. Did you do your Underrealm Ledge? No, I haven't even drew yet. Dolphy Voidwalker go nom 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 nom. If anybody at Wizards of the Coast is listening, <laughs> Dolphy Voidwalker was a mistake. And we're gonna deal with that mistake right now. I really need to hit my land drop next turn. Thanks. <laughs> You've had life in the long. Get over yeah. it. <laughs> so now. Travis got held a stupor, satanic concert, and he continued rapping while people die. After getting everyone to put their middle fingers into the air, you know, to pay their respects. Well, the middle fingers in the air one is not, that one's not out of the ordinary at any concert. Yeah, yeah, we can call that one, you know, yeah. That one could just been part of the show, but yeah. the, that was also then followed up with like the most insanely hyped breakdown. <laughs> like, I'm talking flames shooting up, like, not just like, oh, show flames, I'm talking like grand finale kind of flames. And uh, the lights were like fucking flashing. He was going hard as fuck at right now. I'm talking. Like, got his, like, arms, like, doing that thing where he's like, bang, 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 like, oh, he was getting it, he was getting it. Uh, he's like, we so high right now. What's the best breakdown you've ever seen? One of the best ones I've ever seen is Suicide Silence with Mitch Luker. Yeah, y'all be jelly. I saw, I saw Mitch Luker. I actually have a picture with Mitch Luker. But he had a really good command of the crowd. Anyway, he was going hard as fuck. Yeah. Right after he pointed out the first ambulance. <laughs> really not a good look at like, bad optics. So what really happens here is now that someone's already now that like people are already getting injured. Now let's go and fucking get it all started up again. <laughs> and I'm not talking easing our way into it. I'm talking light switch on off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seven black. Seven black. Two white. I was snoring. Leave me with two black floating. Uh. <laughs> yep, you got it. Nothing really. And then with my remaining mana, I will crack the frozen bridge. But yeah, concert goes on, and then uh. My turn after that. Concert goes on. Concert goes on. I'm not exactly sure how the next chain of events plays out. I can't remember which one occurred next. I want to say, um, by the way, the event should be chronologically played up. Is um, the next time is when uh, he's on his little fucking metal pedestal that rises from the ground. And oh right. He's, there's uh, someone actually basically almost what is very apparently a lifeless body being carried away. God damn it.
You didn't do that? No! Alright, well, confirm. This whole thing is satanic, and just talking about it is just giving yourself the wrong energy, so... <laughs> God damn it. I don't know how it fucking broke. The table wobbled, obviously. Oh, you had it on the table? Was it on the table? It shouldn't have been on the table. Where was it? I don't know. It clearly fell from upwards. Uh, I don't understand the paranormal sometimes. <laughs> we need David Duchovny to come and save us. What do we got? Combat. Yeah. Sacrifice. Eight in here. Ten in here. No, eight. Oh, you're right. Minus two. Bring out the Wave Walker. Go ahead. Yu-Gi-Oh! Save us, David Duchovny. You're our only hope. Don't it suck when you play Green Black and you have zero flyers? I got Nick Weaver with Reach. <laughs> Neat! I think the only flyers or creatures I have with Reach in this deck are Birds, Corbel, and Endurance now. We're going to play Field of the Dead. Yep, making a zombie, tapping Cabal Coppers for 9 mana. We're gonna play Frexian Altar, putting me down 6. Uh, Does he go infinite? Actually, I don't remember if you have an infinite with Frexian Altar in there. I do. I just definitely don't have it right now. Ah. Is it a, isn't it a win more ult, uh, loop? No, it's a kill loop, fish, my graph widow. And it's literally just a sacrifice outlet. Yeah, so it's a win more. With, yeah, the mana, the win mana part makes. It's a win more type card. I mean, it's a it's an invasion foil for Axie Altar. It's flex. So we're gonna play Yawmalt's Will, putting me down to three black. Exile. Um, hey wizards, you fucked up with Dolphy Voidwalker. Then I'm going to tap Castle Lockwing. Drawing to four cards in hand, putting me at one life, and playing Tap Rise Academy. Dolphy Voidwalker. Actually, you are going to something. Break the Horizon Canopy. Still just play Dolphy Voidwalker. Yup. Go. Yup. Is there anything good from the new set for our colors? Nope. I looked through it earlier today. Nothing I really want. There's that, uh, there's a three drop legend. Like when he comes into play and at the beginning of your upkeep, you mill a card. And then it makes either a treasure, a one one, or a blood token, depending on what type of card he's milled. His apology, he seems so devastated. Oh, I wasn't ready to get to his apology. Oh, okay. We're not done with the concert. Okay. He's on his uh, metal pedal stool. While a person is being carried out, and he is looking directly down upon this person, which is pretty apparent, isn't it? He's not. I will say, from the stage, depending on how the lighting is, you can't see shit in the crowd. I un I understand that. So there's a small chance, but like. I'm talking like head is locked in, like facing, like exactly where this person is currently. Okay. And he's just sitting there, I mean, standing there into saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life from the loan for 
There's always value in life in the one. No value. Yeah, so that one was really weird. Then there was the time where he actually did stop the concert, which seemed a little too late, realistically, but... It also seemed half-hearted. Yeah, he, he stopped the concert, basically to point out something. Oh no, it goes to show that he could have done that at any given moment. More so than that, I don't know. Makes, made a point to stop the concert for something, and then... He was just like, yo, yo, pick them up. Right, right, but what did it get followed by? I can't remember that. He started playing again. Yeah. Like, the concert finished. I believe. If I remember correctly. I don't know if it completely finished, or if he played for an extended period of time after the events started taking place. Apparently he went to like an after party at David Buster's and actually like had no idea how tragic the events actually were and someone told him he just straight up left. The idea of Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner at David fucking Buster's after doing a satanic sacrifice <laughs> is the most ridiculous thing I can fucking who had that on their bingo card? What game do you think they were playing when they were told? Or do you think they were in the grown-up section playing pool or duck pit bowling? I'd like to imagine that the, that Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are next to each other at like the horse racing game. And they're just like, yes, feed them carrots. Somebody comes along like John Favreau from fucking Iron Man and he's like, uh, Travis, I need to have a word with you. And he's like, hold on, I gotta go. Meanwhile, Kylie Jenner is just like, Hair flip, looks at the camera, because there's definitely a camera. Right. Travis is still... Hey, Travis. Travis. Eight people died at your concert. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, man, fuck this game. Oh, <laughs> That's such a fantastic image. Travis Scott, like, <laughs> drinking a Mai Tai. <laughs> but yeah, no, I did I did see that he didn't find out until after the concert. Debatable. Dun dun. Probably found out before the concert. <laughs> Travis is like, all right, everybody, let's have a good show. Gather in a circle. Radio. Radio. <laughs> I'm so glad we got a slice of pie at work. I assume I take one? Yup. Is it any permanent or just creatures? Any permanent. Mayhem Devil is also another very fair and balanced magic card that was clearly thoroughly tested. Let from the loan get back dry arbor. Your turn. So, what else about <laughs> the concert really rubbed you the wrong way? The stage itself. Oh yeah, the stage was pretty like gaudy. That's for so sure. the whole uh, like into the portal part of it, like part of uh, hypnosis is like the it really is like about the circles and the numbers and like threes kind of deal. And basically, just it was the amount of suggestion leading towards hypnotic was obscure to say the least. 
Actually, uh, a friend of mine told me, I didn't, I didn't see anything about this yet, personally, but I, she was saying that uh, people, before Travis Scott went on stage, uh, they were playing like hypnotic uh, frequencies over the like, stereos. Just, you know, like set, setting the vibe kind of Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that could just be like setting the vibe. If you have a satanic aesthetic, you're going to play into it at a certain degree. Right, but how much does playing into it actually fuck with people's heads to a damaging degree? I don't know, there's a whole generation of Led Zeppelin fans to ask. Uh. Sacrifice priest, shoot you for one. I'll play Phyrexian Altar and attack you for And then pass. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, how much scary shit do you need on Halloween for people to actually get scared? Right, Arbor. Urborg. Mana fixing for days. Life in the loam, get that dry harbor. Watching you play that life in the loam is like watching a four cylinder car being pushed at 110. <laughs> like, that thing's <laughs> trying to do a lot <laughs> with very little. Mayhem Devil, hold priority, dual caster. What's happening? I make infinite dual caster mages with haste. And then? Attack you for game, or shoot you with Mayhem Devil. Or shoot you by sacrificing the tokens to Phyrexian Altar with Mayhem Devil on board. That would have been good. Would have been good. Actually, I don't think it would have mattered. What? Because I just get to copy the Twin Flame. You would have to Imp's Mischief, the dual caster mage, to the Imp's Mischief. Yeah. Rulings are weird. Well, I can't dual cast. I can't use Imp's Mischief on dual caster. I would have to use the Imp's Mischief on the copy of Twin Flame. Oh, is it only spell? Mm -hmm. Doesn't redirect ability? That card is garbage. It is. <laughs> what? That is an $80 foil. I think probably more now. That card is garbage. The deflecting slot, it is bad. Card is ass. <laughs> yes. And I take life. That's so bad. Yes, compared to the deflecting slot, it is garbage, yes. Can't play deflecting slot, can't play dockside extortionist. What are you doing to yourself, man? Uh, I like that. Join the Red Army! Got some white stuff in my deck. We're above making that joke here. <laughs> so, where do you want to pick back up on this Travis Scott thing? Uh, I guess we can get to his apology now. Or we can go back to the stage. Because, uh, interestingly enough, his uh, boardwalk, like where like, he got to perform on, Looks like a cross, and then the like dip divides into the crowd, looking from the stage with like a upside down cross. Very uh, interesting. Could just be coincidence. Could be. Mana crypt goblin. People were going as far to say that he was hypnotized during all this, which. Fucking probably himself, honestly. <laughs> Hypnotized who by who? The man! The, yeah, the fucking man. We're not gonna get into that one in this segment. That's, <laughs> that's way too much to unpack, but someone's in charge of what was going on there, and it wasn't him. 
Okay, so let's put ourselves in the position. You're Travis Scott. I'm Kylie Jenner. I think it's Kylie. It's okay, okay. Oh, okay. and we're sitting in David Buster's. Oh, 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 you just brought up Kylie Jenner. I need to remind people that this concert did just so happen to take place on Chris Jenner's birthday. Kardashian curse confirmed. <laughs> you stay away from them, Jason Tatum. <laughs> yes, this actually could have very well been a sacrifice for Chris Jenner because you know she is Mamo. <laughs> Whatever. She saved herself in virgin blood, right? <laughs> and we sure as hell know it's not Kylie. Play Sec one. Type for one. Go ahead. Alright, so back to the Dave and Busters. Back to Dave. That, uh, <laughs> you really want to talk about the Dave and Busters? Yeah, I think the fact that you told me that they were at Dave and Busters makes this whole thing because that's to be way better. That's where you go after you just perform a satanic sacrifice, don't you know? Yeah, but the other thing is, is that you're not going to get to David Buster's immediately. Like, that's at least 45 minutes. Like, he's just clueless. Should we, like, actually, like, GPS from Astroworld to... No, I'm just guessing. I mean, like... Maybe it's less if it's set up like Columbia where everything's right next to the mall, but... Anyway, so it has, they have to be there like at least an hour after the concert, right? Because you also don't get like right out off the stage and go, like. Right. Oof. Okay, so basically what you're saying is this concert was a way to gather virgin blood to sustain Kris Jenner? D no, but we could possibly assume. Working theory. We are in the darkest timeline. Yeah, we, we really, I honestly, like, don't know why. I, I just know that it is. <laughs> but we really are in the darkest timeline. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's the second the darkest timeline. Yeah, yeah, like, we're... Yeah, the thing is, these kind of... No, it's pretty much the darkest These timeline. kind of things, like, will very soon be, like, not completely, like, these, they won't be, like... When do you think we entered the darkest timeline? 2000. 9-11. I was gonna say when Harabe died. That seems to actually be the benchmark. <laughs> like, everything started just going way down. That wouldn't have happened if 9-11 didn't happen. You know I'm right. <laughs> There's no way that would have happened. That's like, the, that's like the, the, the American version of, but we all live in a society. Like, but yes, whatever X event, <laughs> Probably would have been different if 9/11 didn't happen. I'm, I'm willing to bet. Like, I'd say like, if 9/11 didn't happen, does Tom Brady win seven Super Bowls? I don't know. Oil would probably be like eight dollars. I'm not well versed <laughs> enough to give a good answer to that. If we're talking wild speculation, I mean, like, just to say that magic cards aren't worth nearly as much as they are. Who the fuck knows? Maybe if 9-11 didn't happen, nobody would be playing Magic anymore. Nothing would be made in China. Nothing would be normal. None of this is normal. So who else do you think was at the David Busters? I have no idea. This actually probably would have been, this is probably no joke, like an A-list event at a David Busters. You're probably right. It probably probably was, was like an A list. It was the after party for that, and Travis. It was an after party. That for headliner a was there. Yeah. Adam David Busters. 
That's so perfect. Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.